Welcome to Book in a Pint. In this episode, Michael and I are joined by Kimberly Hennessy to talk writing, coming of age at any age, and the important things. Like, what is the most guilty of guilty pleasures? To book and a pint with me, Michael Evan, and me, James Jenkins. How's it going, man? Uh, going pretty good. Nothing to really complain about today. So I'm glad, like you're the one that like always gives that answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I've, I've been, um, I've been doing a little bit of like um, guided meditation. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, just just like you know, grounding meditation and shit like that to try yeah. and. Uh, uh, deal with some of the seasonal affective disorder and shit. I don't know. It, it all has it all has fucked up names. Um, but I'd like to be able to answer with something other than "fuck." I'm fucking tired. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I'm doing some of that. But it's good that you're always the one that's like, "Yeah, things are good. Can't complain." And I'm like, "Fuck." I woke up at six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> My kids have to be on the bus at seven fifteen. Motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I think the difference is I don't have kids, so yeah, like it's, no, it's I mean, only my shit I have to deal with, which makes it a little easier to get through life when you have like a whole swarm of people who's just everything you have to deal with. I think it makes it a little harder to keep that mindset. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like I love my kids, man. Like I wouldn't give them back for this. Oh yeah, you yeah, of I course mean? not. You know, or or who who's the guy that like you know my kids aren't toddlers, but. Um, who's the guy that, that, that had the, the toddler aversion that wanted to, to, to <laughs> oh, toddler Ryan, us? our last guest, last episode, Ryan. Mayer. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. I, I yeah. It's like, would... he could take 130 with his bare hands just so yeah, he could no, feel them. I, I wouldn't send them to Ryan Meyer's <laughs> wizarding school yet. You know what I mean? No, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, but in all honesty, I'll say, yeah, things are fine. Uh, okay. good on the writing front, actually. That's good. Yeah, I understand there's some uh, some news on that end, if you want to share. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, aside from the fact that we just put out, uh, James Reed and I, um, we compiled our box set, uh, mm-hmm. which comes to about 700 normal print size pages, um, maybe about 180,000 words. Okay. Uh, into a paperback omnibus edition for the cider and ale chronicles. So we just launched that and it looks really awesome. James actually bought one. Um, I feel like an asshole because I was uh, Jeff, uh, like we put it out through fall brand, Jeff Kohanic, my partner is the one that puts Mm -hmm. all that shit up on Amazon. And we kept getting rejected for some reason because the description said things that alluded to the fact that it was a digital box set and it was, an omnibus paperback and that's like a big no-no i guess when it comes to amazon's you know acceptance of files um so we were trying to figure out what was wrong with it and it just kept rejecting and i was like man we got to get this id to buy a copy i just want to do some giveaways and it took like three weeks and finally it got up and i still haven't bought it (laughs) like i i feel like such an asshole but james did um and it looks really good um, yeah, I, I saw his post with it. it. It does look pretty good. 
yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it looks awesome. Um, so aside from that, uh, the portrait of Dirk novel, which mm-hmm. I had alluded to multiple times as uh, kind of the the thing that if I enter a book to a competition, you know, or like you know some type of like kind of snooty literary competition. Yeah, the, if you if you want to be a hoity-toity writer. Yeah, like this is the book that that I'll I'll put. Sure, in sure, a competition. sure. Um, so James is writing his section of it now. Uh, he's about a quarter of the way through. It'll probably be done by the end of the week. Um, yeah. And his section is very different than my section because it is pretty much. Um, well, it starts off as straight, you know, coming of age epic fantasy, mm-hmm. um, which is what I wanted and what I tasked him in story to do with this character. Um, but then it's awesome. Have you ever, like, known that, that people are going to read something and they're going to have no fucking idea what just hit them? Uh... And you're just so happy because you know that people are going are gonna to be like, oh, my God, what the fuck did I just read? No, me personally, uh, something I'm praised for in a lot of reviews is that my re- my writing is easy to comprehend. Well, no, uh, I don't mean it. I don't mean it like that. I don't mean like you know random chaos. What I mean is yeah, but you're, you're going like, for like, that like, like uh, Ulysses like level of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, no, but but like um, James's section is is not written that way. Yeah. Uh. So you mean like a plot twist stuff sort of thing? Yeah, like um, okay, okay. like more of like a, what you think you're reading is going to end up being majorly different than what you're actually reading. So okay. I find that that um, because my stuff is so trippy, abstract, weird, mm-hmm. and without like explanatory notes, a lot of people, they might like the writing and they might think it's poetic and they might think it's cool and want to, you know, enjoy the flow of it. But there's stuff they won't, some stuff they won't understand. Um, and they might want backstory. Whereas James's stuff is very linear, uh, written in a linear style for the most part. Although when mixed with my chapters, it's really messed up what happens. Okay. Because, because my chapters correlate with his chapters. Right, right, right. And my chapters make reference to the stuff that he's writing. And his chapters make reference to what I'm writing. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one. You did the the reading a couple episodes ago and I, I actually really liked what you read. So yeah, I'm no, really... I, I appreciate that. I'm, uh, I looked for all the excuses I could to, to have a reason to put this out, um, sooner. Uh, yeah. even though I didn't expect we'd put it out until the spring, but we're going to put it out, uh, for Christmas and I doubt I'll do anything crazy uh right away to market it but i just want it out there for people that want to read it sure. um and for you know potential uh competitions and stuff like that we'll, we'll see what happens uh yeah. but that's kind of the big uh big news for me when it comes to writing i did have another idea that came to me uh after max and the captain if we do want to go back to something more in the vein of the stuff we've been doing i've got this uh, pirate story that I've been brewing up mm. um, with uh, a llama uh, that, wants, okay. that, that really, really loves rum. Okay, knows, I was going to say, it's going to be rum. Yeah, it's going to be. So the, the llama knows that, that pirates always have a lot of rum on their ships, and he really loves it. 
so he just wants to infiltrate a, a pirate like a ship and get a bunch of rum but then what ends up happening is it ends up being a, like a legit pirate ship and he ends up being stuck in this mad pirate adventure sounds good so i'm not sure if the, if it's just uh um you know going through the motions or if this is something that might actually happen but it's an idea so we'll, we'll see what happens after well, all this other stuff i think you've been writing long enough now that you're going to getting to that point where you're just going to get idea after idea and eventually you're not going to have the time to write it even with james yeah 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 um so yeah well i mean it's it is it's like a bug and it just it just yeah. it hits and then you just want to uh keep doing it what, what's going on with you in the writing world uh Ryan's going good. I'm still working on Sleeping Ghosts, my uh, cyberpunk horror novel or novella. Um, I'm at the point I, I usually I hit a point in my writing where like it's all I can think about and all I can do. Uh, so I have the Scrivener app on my phone. So I'm at the point now where I am actually writing scenes while I'm taking my morning shit. So that's <laughs> a very very good news for those that like want a new book for me. It means I'm at that like I can literally shit out the words now. And it, I go, my writing goes through cycles where sometimes like I'm just, I have to like really recover to prevent too much burnout. But then I have like manic episodes where all I can do is write and all I can think about is writing. And I've hit, I've hit that point now. So I'm hoping I can write it out to the end of this novel and hopefully finish uh, one or two more before I hit that uh, recovery phase. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we've got uh, another, you know, few months, you think, until we might see some new writing from you? Um, I, I'll probably actually have a novella release here in the next month or so. I, I've, I have the sequel to Knit Pearl Slip basically ready to go. I'm just finishing up the editing for that. But I kind of put that to the side to finish the first draft of the current project. But that's probably a weekend's work to get that one finished up and ready to go. So probably next month you'll see something from me. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so we do have a guest today. Um, yes. Kimberly Hennessy. Uh, but I just wanted to weigh in on uh, Venom 2. Did you see Venom 2? I haven't even seen Venom 1 yet. Oh, really? I'm, yeah, I'm really bad. I think we talked about that last last week. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, but yeah, how is, how is Venom 2? You know I what? It's good. I, it, it, I was really stoked to see it because okay. um, everything seemed to uh, perfectly line up for me. I, lo- I really enjoy Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Woody Harrelson does some really cool unhinged characters. So him as Cletus Cassidy, um, Carnage, yeah, was just like, like this movie was just made for me <laughs> when I, when I um, saw the previews for it. Um, I loved the humor that I don't, I'm not, I mean, you haven't seen the first one, but one of the cool things about Tom Hardy mm-hmm. doing uh, both Eddie Brock, the main character, and the voice of the Venom symbiote yeah. um, is the interplay between them and the humor uh, that goes into it. Like, it's almost mm-hmm. Deadpool-esque in the fact that, you know, they don't, Venom doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, well, when you're I mean, done, I'm really going to tell terrified. you a fun fact about Venom. Pardon me? I have some fun comic book trivia about Venom. I'll, I'll tell you when you're done. Cool. It's, it relates yeah. to Deadpool. No, I, I, for sure. But uh, so he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like he's mm-hmm. terrifying, but he's also really funny. And this movie was all set to kind of play on that humor of the interplay between Eddie and, and Venom, uh, which it did. Okay. Um, 
I didn't love the movie. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, like my wife didn't love it. My kids loved it because there was tons of big, crazy, big action scenes, beautiful action scenes. Okay, good. All, from an action standpoint, it was brilliant. Oh, good. It was some of the best Marvel character action you will ever see. Like the cinematography was great. The choreography of the fights was really cool. Um, but it was a short movie, man. It was only like 88 minutes. Okay. And I feel like with what they did with the characters in the first movie, which was really, really good, um, there was no character. Like they wasted Woody Harrelson as a bad guy. Like he okay. could have been like the Joker for for um, for Venom. And, and really, um, I thought it was kind of like weak um, motivation. And um, and just like he was in the suit the whole time with a different voice. Um, so it was just I don't know. There, I, oh, I so you only see Woody himself for a very short amount of time. Very short amount of time, oh, okay. and it was kind of lacking in. Um, it was kind of lacking in in, in story. Um, they wanted to go for a big gothic feeling movie, and it did that. Um, thought it was cool. They did kind of give a shout out to an old. Uh, very obscure Spider-Man character um, okay. from back in the day, from the McFarlane era. I don't know if you remember um, the, when McFarlane took over Amazing Spider-Man, there was a character called Calypso. She was a, a female uh, character that was somehow uh, related to Craven the Hunter. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. So she anyway, may have been in the old animated series, which I, I'm more familiar with than the old comics, but yeah. Right. Well, so they do have um, uh, Carnage's love interest. Um, w- it was a shout out to um, this Calypso character, okay. which was really cool because, like, only people that read the comics back in the day would know who this character was, and I mm. happened to have read them, so that was cool. But I mean, I'm going to say, out of all the out of all the uh, superhero comic book based movies I've seen lately, it was it was one that left me wanting a little more. Okay. I, mean, I guess that sometimes that's the problem with sequels, too. Like, especially if the first one, and from, from all I've heard anyway, is so well done. The, the second movie really has a lot to follow up. and It was. That, it that was. seems to be hard for filmmakers to deliver a lot of the time for some reason. Yeah, um, and it got, like, look, maybe it's me because the reviews were stronger and it made a lot yeah. of money. Um, so did you watch the after the credits scene on this one? I did. Okay. I, I I only know a little bit about it, so don't spoil it for me. But I, I'm told it ties it into the main MCU a little bit. It's gonna tie it into um, whatever crazy shit is happening in the new Spider-Man movie. Okay, the No Way Home. Okay, that's what yeah. I've heard. I just wanted to confirm. So it's really cool. Um, it is cool. It, like what they I it was a little confusing, um, uh-huh. but after um, after realizing how it ties in. Um, on kind of a multiversal level, because it's, yeah. that's not it's not spoilers. Because that's you not can, a spoiler. You can see that it's um, that it's that the the whole Spider-Man thing is all about multiverse and yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's how it's going to tie in. So it's okay. it's. We'll, I'm sure we'll see. Um, I'm sure we're going to see more of Venom uh, in the MCU, which is cool because the character like um, is really good and Tom Hardy plays them really well i i didn't have any issues with the acting it was just like the story I said, felt a little just, weak just lacking in story um, okay and and if if i had got if the first one had been that way i would have been totally cool with this one 
Yeah. Oh, but I wanted to tell you. Um. So you're familiar where Venom comes from in the comics, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Absolutely. the Secret War, right? Yep. So a couple of years ago, maybe a little more than that, they released a series called Deadpool's Secret War. And it was the story of everything Deadpool did during that time period. Uh, and there is an issue where his costume has been all destroyed. And someone tells him, like, hey, well, there's this machine that will make you a new one. So he goes in and gets a new one and decides he doesn't like it. So he puts it back. And then when Peter Parker comes in to get his new suit and he gets the cool black spider suit, you know, that becomes the symbiote or that is the symbiote, he gets that same one that Deadpool had. And that's why Venom's crazy. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So it sounds I'm like I'm glad bit, they're it, bringing both of them into the MCU apparently. But I just yeah. thought it was a cool, funny little retcon they did. The reason Venom is so unhinged is because for a little bit, he was bonded to Deadpool and couldn't take it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, um, I would equate Venom sort of to Deadpool in how just bizarre and crazy the, the more character. humor than you'd expect, sort of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene in this movie that was actually really funny where the the symbiote's like making pancakes and singing. Yeah, and... they show that in the first trailer <laughs> they released the movie. It looks and, hilarious. And, just, and destroying this poor guy's house, like ketchup. Just like he's doing it like really clumsy just to piss him off, like. Venom okay. just wants to piss this dude off. Um, oh, and he does, okay. He does a really good job of it. That's probably the best part of the movie. Okay, so from my reading of the trailer was he wanted to, like, he was trying to do something nice, but he was just incompetent. That actually right. makes it even better that he's just being an asshole. Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's kind of being, he is trying to be nice in his own way, but but obviously also just not giving a shit that he's destroying his house. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um. So, um... Yeah, so we have, so we ought to get to uh, Kimberly, but was there, I, I didn't get a chance to check. Did we get an email? It's been a couple uh, of weeks. We did. We do have some fan mail. Uh, and as per usual, I chose two just so we can keep it to two. That's uh, good. So I did I did pick our good friend Clint's this week again, uh, and then I have another one. So uh, would you like Clint's first or the other? other well, I mean, first? we were, we missed an episode, so Clint must, might be pissed off, so. Let's let's hear what's going on. Yeah, uh, um, he starts off strong. He goes, uh, to the idiots. <laughs> uh, look, you already know where this is going. I can't stand you two. I feel like I'm cursed. I can't stop listening. But I hate every minute of you two shitting out of your mouths. Will someone please free me from this hell? Clint. So. You know, like, it's... I, I always say, like, sometimes, sometimes when something's, like... A real train wreck you just gotta like yeah it's uh you you gotta keep watching it like you know i watch jersey shore i i I will admit (laughs) you know what i mean that's fair and i watch that paris hilton nicole ritchie uh barnyard train wreck simple life back in the day i remember that wow you know what i mean yeah i've had a few shows i've watched that i've watched i've hate watched so it sounds like he's doing a hate listen of our podcast which you know what We've got sponsors now, so we're getting paid every time you listen, Clint. Yeah, as long as he's listening, I don't. I mean, it's it's that's that's good. I'll, I'll uh, take the hate. Uh, the other one's a little nicer. Um, dear BAAP, I hope you read this on the show. Hey, we are. I just wanted to tell you that you shouldn't let the haters get you down. I'm assuming they're we're referring to Clint. Uh, I don't care what everyone says. You guys are great. Uh, and every episode has been getting better. You're really getting some good conversations with your guests. Can't wait to hear what comes next from Cheryl. 
P.S. Any plans for merch in the future? So. Well, before we before we we tackle the merch thing, that was Cheryl. That was really nice. I'm I'm a little bit um, curious to the everyone that she. Yeah, that got to me us. too. But uh, <laughs> like, do you know uh, something I don't know, Cheryl? There's probably a corner of the internet that we're blocked from. But then again, I'm not on social media, so maybe it's something on uh, Twitter or something that people are saying. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to check that out. But I mean, other than that, um, yeah, I've thought about merch. Have you thought about merch? Yeah, uh, all I can think of is like a pineapple pizza pin or something, though. Yeah, that would be cool, actually. Yeah, make it um, Yeah, you know what? We'll get back to you. It's I want to. Uh, I would like to get you know another um, number of episodes, maybe like a yeah a, a year to, worth of episodes down, and then first, yeah, and then maybe celebrate. Maybe we'll celebrate the first like actual year. Um, That's fair. With, with uh, some merch, like build a site and just have like people can get like beer mugs or shit like that. You know what I mean? Well, that'd be a good that, one. Some beer steins. Say, yeah, yeah. That there's lots of uh, there's lots of companies that just do the like print to order for stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, no. Um, Cheryl, yes. The answer is yes. Not yet, but soon. Um. So uh, let's get um Kimberly Hennessy on the phone. Yep. Um, Kimberly has a um, a really it's actually a really cool book. I I read uh, a good chunk of it. Um, she runs with wolves. Uh, it is part of a greater series. It's the only book she has written currently. Um, but it's, I think it's, she has one other release right now. Actually, uh, Digital me? Coup: The Silent Uprising. Oh wow! I it may have released what? very recently. Let me check. We will have to talk to her about that because I didn't know about about that one. I've read. I've oh, it looks like it's a it's a novella. It's a very short book. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's why I don't know about it. But this yeah. one's actually really cool. It's like a kind of a, um, it's a dark fantasy, definitely a little bit of a shifter fantasy, but it's it's um, it's beautifully written, um, very kind of literary style, which I like. Um, yeah, she's a good writer. Um, yeah. So uh, let's give her a call and bring her into our pineapple pizza world of course we are back with kimberly hennessy author of she runs with wolves how are you doing kimberly i'm really good uh it's a bit late for me i'm usually in bed by this time so i apologize in advance to all your listeners uh my answers might be I don't know, t- totally either really, really smart or just totally crazy. That's fine. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we actually have one guy that listens to every episode and sends us in hate mail. So <laughs> he may like, just be know. Michael writing those fan mails, though, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, you know, you know, the people that like will, you know, leave a review for they'll leave a, uh, like a one star review for all five books in the series. And <laughs> yeah. for book five, it'll be like, I uh, don't know why I read this. I hated the other four. <laughs> why was I expecting this one to be any different? <laughs> so I, I, with this guy, I don't think you're going to do anything to make him hate the show even more. So I think you're fine. Okay. Um, so uh, we, as James said, uh, we are going to, uh, well, he said it off record, I think, but we yeah, are, that. Yeah, we're, people now. we're going to ask uh, a bunch of questions that are, kind of non-writing related, but I would like you to take the opportunity now um, to talk to our community and our audience a little bit about your book, about the uh, series that it 
is a part of um, and uh, what it's all about. So you got the floor. All right, great. Well, thank you. Um, so, all right, so I'll just get right into it. Uh, she Runs With Wolves um, was an idea that started, uh, I'd have to say, like, a good, uh, when I, so, yeah, a good three years ago, I had uh, this idea about a mother who loses her child, and um, and basically it kind of, kind of spiraled around that and and it then it became more focused and I kind of blossomed into um, the themes. So basically I was a new mom. My daughter was very young uh, when I thought of it and um, and I kind of realized that it was a story about uh, a mother that was um, coming of age basically. So it is a kind of I'm going to say YA, but it's really new adult, more, it has that YA feeling, but it's really, the themes are for older, older women, basically, like myself when I wrote it, because I'm a big fan of uh, coming of age stories, but often when we find or read those books, we often find like a 15, 16 year old who, uh, you know, is coming of age. And by the end of either the book or the movie or whatnot, um, she has it all figured out. She's in love and she's ready to go into the world. And that was not my case at all for myself. I was maybe, you know, when I had my daughter, uh, I was 32. So, and, you know, I was reading these books and I was like, man, I really, you know, I, like I like the book, but I can't relate to the 15 year old because I definitely didn't have it figured it out, figured it. I definitely hadn't figured it out by 15 and not even by 30. And I was still, you know, just trying to get through it, trying to get through uh, every day and see where I was going. And and now by 45, I kind of feel like I'm hitting my stride. Um, but, you know, it's a journey and yeah, I'm always asking questions. So basically this book, that's how it was born. It was basically a desire to figure myself out. And so the premise um, is about, so this young woman, Ira, who uh, discovers that she's pregnant, but she's also captive of the evil King Lorcan. And, um, and so she realizes that she needs to escape him uh, because she doesn't want to give her child the same life that she has lived these past um, 30 years. So yeah, and that's the point that I wanted to make is that Ira is not your 50, average 15 year old. She's actually in her late 20s, early 30s. And anyways, I found her much more relatable. And that's why I wrote her is because I was trying to find, you know, some material that that kind of felt and looked like me. So basically, Ira is on a journey to escape her captor. She manages to do so, but she falls in the hands of this underground cult, religious cult. And um, at first, she's like not sure because she doesn't trust anybody. And then she kind of feels like, okay, I can trust them. But at the same time, her mind is totally unraveling and she doesn't understand why she's having these hallucinations. And she's a totally unreliable uh, character. So you never really know what's happening, if it's real, if it's not real. And um, so bottom line, uh, bottom line, she falls into this cult and she ends up trusting them and believing that she has to go through this ritual to bring back this dead religion. But by doing so, she's going to have to give up part of herself, part of her soul. 
and uh, but it might be worth it if it means saving her baby. And so long story short, I'm going <laughs> to try and speed it up. Um, so, yeah, so at the end of the day, she needs to give up part of herself. And that's kind of where, you know, her journey, she's going to need to find her way back to who she is. And she's going to have the help of three wolves. And, uh, and that's it. So, yeah, so she she has these three wolves that are going to help her back to find herself. I hope that made sense. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, um, no, it did. And, I'm, and uh, I've read uh, quite a bit of it. Like I said, I don't. I don't read as much as I'd like to just because between editing and other work, it's just, it's too hard, but I have read quite a bit of it and uh, it's very beautifully written. Very nice book. Thank you very much. Yeah. um, Yeah, no, it was really cool. You got a a really excellent prose style and kind of sweeps you along and um, some really good intensity and uh, right. Even right at the very beginning, there's some really big emotional moments. So well, I do, I do, I, my background is in film, so I do write, is, when I write, it's, I see it in, like, I see it in my mind's eye, it's literally like a movie um, in front of me, so when I do write, it's very visual, so, so yeah, that's, that's my, that's my film background, basically, is that, you know, and I don't even know, like often when the story starts, I won't even know, like it's never in order. It's never in sequence. I usually start with like this one scene and it's like either in the middle or the end. It's never at the beginning to be helpful. Uh, it's always somewhere in the middle. And I kind of have to work my way around that scene or that very vibrant scene in my mind's eye. And then I kind of work my way out from there. Oh, that's nice. That's a pretty actually effective writing method is to write from that powerful central scene. I've heard a lot of writers like to do that. It's kind of cool that you just kind of do that instinctually. Well, well thank you. Um, yeah, well, it's mainly because, so I'm definitely like, I, I definitely plot, like I will definitely sit down and have like, like when I do my first draft, it's basically a very in-depth outline. So mm-hmm. I have these really vibrant, vibrant scenes, as I mentioned, and it's very difficult for me to, it's, it's tough for me because I like to have extreme structure. So, but in my mind, it's all these scenes and I have to find a way to connect them. And so, yeah, so basically, yeah. It's like the thread, like that red thread on the the cork board type going on in your head. Exactly. the, The conspiracy room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so I and that's why it takes me so long because I'm I'm I consider I, I've nicknamed myself or dubbed myself the slow writer because I work in such a yeah, a chaotic way that I'm like it's like a puzzle which I'm piecing together or the metaphor I like to use is like, you know, two knitting needles knitting a story but you don't really know <laughs> what it's going to come out to until you've finished you know, knitting the scarf. So, and the two threads are like the, you know, the, the heroes and, and they're weaving together and, and it'll make something really nice, but, and I have an idea of what I want it to look like, but I'm just not sure. Does that make sense? Or is, am I blabbing? No, that actually makes perfect sense to me. I completely get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Kimberly, um, we are going to get into our book and a pint questions. Okay. 
which is the real reason you're here. Oh, okay. I feel like it's a test. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe to some degree it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't listen to him. It's not. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, this is one that, um, well, I don't know. I, it, it, I think it's still relatively timely, uh, depending on where you live. It's definitely timely in England. Um, I'm not sure how timely it is in the U.S., but we'll we'll ask the question and then we'll we'll see what you think. Okay. First of all, Kimberly, do you have a dog? I have a cat. I used to have oh, a dog. A I love English when people say I what? love when people say they have cats. That's awesome. It just oh, makes it's a black cat. If you want to, oh, well, you get, I know it's a podcast just for Halloween. <laughs> She's a beautiful. Yay. Black cat. <laughs> you get to see it and no one else does take yeah. that <laughs> that's it to all your listeners out there it's a nice black cat <laughs> nice um okay so um let me ask do you ever have you ever tried to take your cat out for a walk i know it's not like a regular thing but some people do it um i can't say that i have but my daughter has tried many many times to take her cat out for a walk um and it never works she's the cat is really just not keen on being uh on a leash so my kids bought this backpack with a transparent it's like a bubble mm. and you carry the cat in the bubble <laughs> awesome. so we walk around with the cat on their back <laughs> okay so if you were out bubble walking your cat yeah, and you came across a spiky coronavirus shaped cat toy, okay. would you A, pick it up and throw it to the cat to play? Fa- you see that? It's, it's more of a dog question, but anyway. <laughs> um, B, scream and run away. Or C, casually move away from it and explain to your cat the importance of social distancing. Um, okay, well. I used to have a dog, so I'll, and this kind of happened with my dog. Uh, We actually encountered a really evil cat and the cat went like on its hind legs, the fur. And I had like this huge, this was my first dog. It was a Rottweiler. She was huge. And this little cat just hissed at us and I'm like, tricky, tricky, (laughs) let it, you know, just one bite, the cat was done. But man, that cat was fearsome when it raised all its hairs on its back and its claws out and its teeth I was just like nope 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 we're not even going there I can just see my dog my big Rottweiler being mauled and torn apart and I was like that's it so I was explaining to my dog I was like you see this cat is really very dangerous for you tricky and so I assumed that if I was going to encounter you know a toy cat slash coronavirus I would probably you know step away and explain the details of um of said uh, social distancing awesome you were triggering my cat anxiety, by the way, when you were telling that story. <laughs> um, I, I, actually, I, had a, I had a cat that was um, like back in the day before I had my, I have a dog now and I have kids now. And be, before my kids, um, I had a cat that we rescued who was uh, quite insane. Um, <laughs> I've like met literally, literally, like the cat would hear something. Like one time my wife got uh, a job and she that she really wanted and she was really really excited so she screamed like a girl and sort of jumped up and down and shrieked to come and tell me she got the job and the cat freaked out on me oh my God. and climbed itself all the way up my body with its teeth 
<laughs> oh my god you're serious <gasps> no i'm totally serious yeah oh, I, I, ended, no. I ended up in the hospital having of to get course. tetanus shots i was fine uh just oh. mangled by we ended up having to put the cat down um just because uh we knew we were gonna have kids and we yeah, loved the cat even crazy. though the cat was crazy um but you know we were starting to get pressure you better put that cat down if you're having kids in the house well, I mean, was that like the kind of cat where you'd pet it and then one second it hates you and just mauls the, your head? Everybody, let, let me put it this way. Everybody that ever came to our place would want to hide in a corner. <laughs> okay, well, yes, I've met cats like that. And my father-in-law one time hit the cat like with a broomstick when it was doing Go what ahead. it did um, and because the, the cat was insane. Um, we think there might have been some abuse. You know, so a lot of the times with animals, like yeah. there's like yeah. a, an abuse issue, or you know, if you rescue, especially there can be um, yeah. things that happen, and you don't really know. Um, but anyway, it was it was uh, cats. Ever since then, have, we had another <laughs> cat that was a good cat that uh, lived 15 years. No. Um, but it was that was, it was like a different kind of cat. The cat you were describing is just like my other cat and there yeah. you go yeah yeah no they're scary when cats decide that they don't like you, you like you said you kind of huddle in a corner and like <laughs> what's gonna happen to me yeah they have the potential yeah. to be scary it's true yeah <laughs> okay so let's let's move on to question number two yeah so uh i actually have uh i usually have like the same questions i ask every week but i have a personalized one this week because i noticed in reading your bio uh that you travel a lot Yes. Uh, well, I traveled a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I assume lately you haven't been able to. I'm going to pretend the last two years haven't happened, so that's okay. worried about that. Um, <laughs> but if you were to suggest one travel destination to somebody, what would it be? Okay, so I'm going to be super boring here. I'm going to be like, well, first, um, is it a kid or is it an adult? And Let's say adult. Her, it's an adult. Yeah. And the adult, has have they traveled before? Or is this their first trip? All right, let's say it's me. They've traveled. They love traveling. Where would you recommend? All right. Um, one of my, so if you are tra well-traveled and you've visited different areas, one of the places that I would go back in a heartbeat, though the last time I went there uh, was like uh, uh, 20 years ago. So it might have changed since, but when I went, the time that I went was Turkey and it was specifically Istanbul. It was amazing. It was the highlight of my entire trip. It was just, it had it, it had it all. It was so eclectic. You had all these different religions meshing together. You had, if you're, uh, his, uh, if you love history, you have, you know, uh, ancient Roman ruins that you can go visit, even baths that are still active today. Um, there's just such cultural and the food. Oh my God, the food. So you have it. You've got your, you know, what's the expression? The bang for your buck. Uh, Turkey had it all uh, 20 years ago. And uh, I had vowed to myself one day I'll go back. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to go back, but uh, it was definitely uh, in my top uh, top 10, top five, top five, definitely top, top five. five. OK, yeah. awesome. Yeah. But you can't get turkey in Turkey, can you? <laughs> well, turkey, maybe. I'm not sure that you can get like pork and stuff. But... Right. I've actually had Turkish food. I mean, I don't know 
some people say that if you get Turkish food, you know, I'm in, I'm from Canada. So if, well, you're from Canada too. Oh yeah, we're we're both Canadians. I always we're forget in. that. I don't know why. <laughs> we're um, <in. laughs> but um, some people say that Turkish food here is like not real Turkish food. If you actually go to Turkey, you're gonna get something very different. Um, but they have this one thing that they do have, and I don't know if um, this is is something that you've you've had that you tried. It's like a flat bread, and you put it sort of has different meats on it, like ground beef and and yes, um, yes, I couldn't tell you what it was, but yeah, I definitely had uh, some of that. Um, it's Mediterranean, right? It's all it's yeah. all in the same. So yeah, it, it, it you know it it tasted and feels a lot like Lebanese food. Um, right. It's just, it was just, I don't know. And a lot of vegetables, grilled vegetables. It was just, it was just so yummy throughout. And it was funny. I have a bit of a story there. I don't know if how it'll translate through a podcast, but um, so basically when I had gone there, I spoke, so they only spoke, I don't know, like Arabic basically. So I'm in the coffee shop and I wanted a cup of coffee with milk. So I speak French, English, and Italian. So when I travel, all these three languages usually come out <laughs> and I try to get myself to be understood with one of the languages. And I'm assuming that at some point, you know, it'll click. And there's just nothing to do to convince the girl that I wanted milk in my coffee. So I'm going, du lait, milk, latte. <laughs> and I'm going, and then in the end, I just went, moo. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> that I'm actually milking a cow. And still, still, she's like, what, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, oh. And then there was this other person in the coffee shop who spoke English, and they just started laughing. And then he said, she wants the, 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 the milk. <laughs> so I mean, she, she laughed, and I got That's my funny. Yeah. Just talk, just talk to them like they're a five-year-old. Yeah, that's it. Every five, every five-year-old knows Moo. Um, yeah, exactly. Moo. The cow says. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I'm, I, all the, all I'm getting out of this is I want midnight takeout. Yeah, <laughs> ditto. I agree. Um, yeah, my wife wouldn't let that happen in a million years. <laughs> um, yeah, what about your diet, Michael? <laughs> well, why that's 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 the reason. Actually, yeah. that's it's the last week hasn't been great. Mm. Hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been great. I don't want to get into that. It, I get, you know, then I, I start feeling depressed. I don't want to. I don't want to talk. Let's not talk about it. Great. <laughs> right. um, Maybe get yourself some to, food. It makes you feel better. Let's just move on to question number three. Yeah. Um, we we've asked this one a couple of times as well. Um, if your dog. Oh no, you don't have a dog. Sorry. If your cat. Well, I had a dog. I mean. We're getting back into cat. Well, yeah, but but it'd have to be somebody that's around right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your cat could speak, what would it be able to say about you that would totally ruin your reputation? Oh. Gosh, that's a hard one. Uh, that would ruin my reputation. My cat would say that I don't know. What does it take to ruin one's reputation nowadays? Um, I think oh, they would. What's that? Not much. Not much. <laughs> uh, I don't think that it would ruin my reputation. I think it would just, because so I'm basically really, I'm a bit of a kook and I'm a bit of an oddball and I don't think it would ruin my reputation, but it would definitely set the tone of 
okay, I think I kind of got her pegged um, that, you know, I basically talk to myself <laughs> like out loud and I'm by myself, let's say, and I'm going and I've had like these serious conversations with myself until I'm like, and it lasts for like, you know, a couple seconds and I'm like really into it. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, again. And and I'm literally talking and and it's just like this weird conversation. So I think my cat would say, yeah, she's a bit cuckoo crazy. <laughs> That's what my cat would say. <laughs> okay. Well, now you just told our whole community anyway. You didn't need your cat to tell anybody. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Michael likes to do this. Likes to trick our guests into confession. Yeah, exactly. I had to reveal our <laughs> reveal our most intimate thoughts uh, through our our pets. Yeah, but you know that, but the but the pet kind of like makes it cuter and then yeah. softens it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless it's a cat, because cats are like legit. I love cats. I have to preface this by saying that. But cats are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it softens the blow at all if it's your cat saying something. It's it makes true. it more malicious, if anything. <laughs> yeah, she's a real nutter. <laughs> she's a real coop, this one. Yeah, she definitely my cat, especially when she looks at us and she's just like disgusted with, I don't know, whatever situation's happening. You can just tell like, yeah, I don't really like you. Uh, now. Yeah. Cats are all cats are always disgusted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's their permanent like mood. <laughs> they're either not getting it? enough enough attention or they are above the situation did you see that movie inside out with like all the feelings oh my god mm. i love that movie yeah the cat only has one feel one emotion and it's disgust yeah <laughs> i don't remember that part i think yeah, it's in the credits yeah. <laughs> it shows everyone's in, inside world in the closing credits um, that part was pretty great question, all right uh, question numero quattro Yes, I'm going to continue on with the theme of making you confess things. Oh. Um, so uh, everyone sort of has something that they would consider to be their guilty pleasure. I don't like the term guilty pleasure because I don't think we should feel bad for the things we like. Right. But, but what is that one thing that you like unabashedly love that other people would probably judge you for? Gosh, you guys are really digging deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if my kids... It helps if you This would help, by the way, if you had a couple of drinks. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, so um, when I had my daughter, I quit smoking <laughs> um, a year or two before. Uh, but that is definitely, and I haven't touched it since, since, and she's 13 years old. But that is definitely the one thing that I loved, and I knew it hurt me, and it didn't make me feel good, but I still, still, there are days where I like somebody walks by and I'm like, oh, it smells so good. <laughs> it's definitely my guilty pleasure. And I, I figure when I'm 80 and like close to death or something, I'm going to start it again because it again. Yeah, that's actually fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You know, when you're 80 and what is there left, you know, unless you're really healthy and you're doing well, but I mean, by the time you're 80, if you know, you're close to, I don't know, close to heaven, then why not? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, my wife's grandmother uh, lived until she was about 96. Wow. Um, and at that point, our attitude was, we called Bubba, we called her Bubba because she's she was Russian. Bubba means grand, grandmother. Um, be like, Bubba, you know what? You can eat as many French fries as you want at this point. <laughs> That's You're right. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? what is going to happen? And if you go from, from, from too many French fries, like, it's a, you know, like, something's going to get you anyway at 96, right? Well, that's it. At some point, you kind of just have to, you know, 
weigh yeah, it out that, and go like, yeah. <laughs> you you know, why am I preventing myself from it. having this pleasure? <laughs> yeah. If you live to 96, you've earned that's right. all that fast food. That's right. That's right. Or that I cigarette. Mean. Yeah. And that's or the, or, don't or smoke, kids. No. Grandma's <laughs> going right. No, smoking is no good for you. So for question number five, I'm going to actually bring a question in that has permeated. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, that sort of made the jump, I guess, from from this podcast to the other podcast that I host called the Authors in Focus podcast, which is a more serious author interview podcast. Um, but I've used it for both because I think it's a good question and it brings out um, some some interesting things about the people we're interviewing. Okay. So the question is, um, what one uh, celebrity would you want to have a drink with living or dead and why oh my god there's so many do i have to pick one well yeah because it's like yeah. it's a it's an hour-long show so yeah we probably <laughs> <laughs> okay well there's gonna be honorable mentions i won't have to go in detail but definitely honorable mentions um all right so the one artist that or celebrity um okay so basically that would be david bowie without a doubt hands down David Bowie he was the first concert I saw like so I was I was 13 years old the first time I saw him in concert he was my first concert and it was my sister that had bought me uh, the concert ticket while she was bringing me we were going together and I was like really like this old geezer <laughs> you know I just couldn't for the life of me like why would you bring me to see David Bowie and I was 13 and you know, I love back then I used to listen to Metallica and um, Guns N' Roses. So basically I was like David Bowie. So I go to the show. Actually, I had gone to the library. I don't know if kids still go to the library today, but back then I went to the library and you could borrow tapes. So I borrowed all these tapes of David Bowie that they had on hand and I was listening to them and I was like, oh, it's not bad. You know, I kind of enjoy it. It's upbeat and I, I really I was enjoying it. But then when I went to the concert, it was a sound and vision tour and all these huge screens, there was this guy on the screen and it wasn't David Bowie at the bottom. It was this guy with orange hair and blue, you know, eyeshadow. And I'm like, is that David Bowie? And I was like, and I realized after I had, you know, gone back home, like mesmerized it, I was Ziggy Stardust and I was like, oh my God, this He's amazing. And I just totally fell in love and then really started to explore all of his music and, you know, his uh, everything that he had done. And I watched all of his movies uh, and I was just I had become obsessed uh, with David Bowie. Of course, later on, as I grew older, I realized that, you know, he was a really accomplished artist, a genius slash legend. And he contributed so much. You know, he was like an artist for the artists, you know, people artists were inspired by him and uh, like a prince basically and so that would be hands down the person that i would love to uh, sit down and bring back to life um but wait i have to say there's also jane fonda and angelina jolie that i would also like to sit down because they're just amazing human beings bowie is is um bowie was a big one i i was actually very very depressed when he passed away and i actually um because he was out of the out of the spotlight for so long, um, I kind of had a feeling something was going on with him with his health. Yeah. And, and I called it a few years before um, that 
last album, Black Star, came out, I remember saying to my wife, I think Bowie must be really sick or something because he's just he's he was he's everywhere and then all of a sudden he's just nobody hears from him and he doesn't make appearances and tony visconti his manager is is the one that's out there speaking on his behalf and stuff like that well i knew after his heart attack he kind of stopped everything so i figured you know what i think he's had his fill and he's doing what he enjoys doing is putting out albums whenever but i didn't realize that he had liver cancer which is yeah I'm a glasses half empty type person mm. as we, yeah. we um we talk about anyway so for me it was like ah, oh, he's not around he must be dying but yeah. um but anyway uh yeah Bowie definitely fascinating dude uh I've read a lot of bios of, of him uh Station to Station my favorite album Amazing. Um, by the way and uh yeah very cool yeah very very cool uh do we have a question number six Yes, I'm just debating between two of my regulars, but I think I'm going to ask this one because you're a mother. Uh, If you were attacked by a never-ending swarm of toddlers, how many could you take down before being overwhelmed? (laughs) Two. Two. (laughs) Two. (laughs) Three. That's it. I have no patience. Zero. (laughs) Zero patience. I mean, I had patience with my kids because they were my kids, but... Oh, you're allowed to you're allowed to hit these children that's yeah oh, i'm allowed to oh if i'm allowed to hit them then that's totally different now. <laughs> no but sometimes i like my kids you know they wanted me to go to these stuff do these things at the school and i was like really because <laughs> i just like sometimes some of the kids man they, they like you're well you know they didn't say that you're not my mother but they would really have attitude and look at you with like geez where's the respect man (laughs) seriously it's gone (laughs) but uh, yeah and I just I have no yeah zero patience Uh, I can like I said my kids it's all good but anybody else's kids yeah no (laughs) yeah yeah I um (laughs) toddlers are a tough age especially when they start running um Running, screaming, throwing themselves uh, on the floor, (laughs) tantrums, and you're just like, get up. (laughs) Running and and hear it when we get home. What's that? Running and throwing like accessories off walls at stores (laughs) and stuff like that. And and when they run at that age, they don't really know where they're going. Like they've got nowhere they really want to go other than uh, to cause shit and to get away (laughs) from you. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? Now, like, you know, when a nine-year-old or, or a seven-year-old, because that's those are the ages of my kids, when they run, there's like a destination. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They're running to the playground. They're running yeah. to school. They're running up the stairs. They're running to their rooms. At two years old, they just fucking run. Yeah. <laughs> their <laughs> legs work, so and... they use them. What's that? Their legs work, so they have to use them. Yeah, that <laughs> that's the... right. Their Same legs, with their, their voices. That's it. I was going to say their lungs. Their... <laughs> it's just, yeah, no. Uh, And that's the thing is that so growing older, you know, no fun getting older. But at the same time, there's it's nice because each age has uh, its moments. And now I have, you know, one teenager, one tween. And it's nice. It's this is, you know, I always thought oh, I'm going to be sad when I don't have babies anymore and things like that. And yes, I mean, I'm nostalgic and everything, but I wouldn't go back because these years are really nice too. And it's nice to see the evolution and it's nice to, it's nice to see them grow up and um, yeah. I know you're the first guest to say something nice about having kids. Why would you do that? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I love my kids. They're amazing. They're just two wonderful human beings who are so supportive of their mom and just kind, generous people. And I guess that's what I really wanted for them is to be kind, um, just to be kind. And, and, you know, at school when another little kid is getting bullied and it's not easy for kids to jump in and say, hey, stop that. And I wanted them to be that kid to to be able to say, stop that, you know, don't, and, and I, well, not to toot my own horn, but I think I did a pretty good job and they're really kind children and, and generous. So I'm really proud of them. Oh, that's really nice. I'm not allowed to say nice things on this show because I'm, I'm, I write myself to be the asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But so, so the nicest thing I'd say is, is I've decided I'm not going to sell them for another week. (laughs) Um, Well, how old are they? My kids are seven and yeah. nine. Okay, yeah. so the no, the attitudes there. Oh yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're seven and nine, and and you know they both are kind of like uh, teenagers, down. teenagers and waiting. Like they, yeah, that's um, it. so they're pushing their boundaries and everything. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. Like... No, they're great. They're they're yeah. really um they're great kids. I'm I'm proud of them every day. I I'm very involved in. Um, uh, well, my, my son, especially because I walk him to school and then I pick him up. My daughter gets on a bus and okay. she goes to school. She comes back. How was school? Good. She raids the, the, the pantry for food Bye. and then she goes and watches TV and yeah. does her homework. It doesn't get so, better with teenager years. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It's like, how was your day? And it's like, <laughs> okay, and sometimes, sometimes I'll ask my son how his day was. Well, it sucks. It was boring. Like, <laughs> This is going to be the rest of my life, and I'm getting prepared now. He's only seven. Well, that's um, it. Yeah, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> get but, ready because um, the answers get even shorter. <laughs> uh, I mean, life sucks as a teenager, to be fair. It is, though. It really does. I see my my daughter, and it's hard. The friends, it's tough, and the yeah. bullying, and the... Unless you're in a band. Unless you're in a band? Okay. I was in a band, was band and the, loved high I, school. I, yeah, I didn't like the beginning of high school, but by mid high school, when I got into music and I, I got in a band and I was like recording in studios and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't think I experienced a lot of the things that other people experience in high school because my life was very much centered around that that kind of consistent world. Really, of uh, playing music all the time. All the time. Really. All all the time. Uh, that was like basically we would go to school. We would jam during lunch with you know acoustic guitars and then we would do school concerts and then we would go play clubs at night oh wow okay yeah so that's not really typical of uh it, it, you have some of that in high school but not just that yeah i know yeah, i mean it then, was, I, there, there were other things but that was that was definitely my savior okay. um but that was the thing that got me through um a time that that is is tough you know what i mean yeah yeah um, but yeah, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking forward to, I, I am looking forward to being there for them as they yeah. go through that, but, um, no, years, yeah. I'm, I'm just hoping they're okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're there for them, for sure, you're, they'll be okay. You know, I think that's the main thing as parents is we just have to be there and listen and do the best we can be. You know, they always say uh, parents, you know, we, when it kids get into high school friends take up so much space but and we tend to forget that we're also very important and for kids like they push us aside but they listen they do listen 
totally um we we need a pizza question here to, to send this thing home oh Jimmy, okay. okay uh so i i asked most of our guests this kimberly i was gonna i was gonna let it pass for the week but michael won't let me um what is your opinion about fruit on pizza i love it i love pineapple yes <laughs> i absolutely love pineapple on pizza it's the best it just works. Uh, I love sweet and salty, so it just yeah. I have pineapple on it. You know what? I would. I am so hungry right now that I would totally do a pineapple pizza. And I'm not a big. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the whole of the the pineapple on a on a standard tomato sauce pizza. Um, I I would eat it. I we've this. I'm I'm warming over to the concept. Um, used to really not like it, but yeah. Um, I've been asking all of our guests this question just because Michael claims he doesn't like it. And slowly over the weeks, that's why I didn't ask it this week is because last week he was like, yeah, I could do that. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I could totally do that right now, especially like, especially a barbecue sauce pizza or an Alfredo yeah. pizza. With, I'm like, curious, not, what, what's the verdict? Do most people like? Oh, man, it's like three to eight right now in, in like most people are like, ew, gross. Really? Yeah, it's very yes. upsetting to me, I'll be honest. It's really? quite polarizing. Um, yeah. Wow. Like, there's, um, yeah, a lot of people, and I, and from what I understand, and I don't know, am I, if, Jenkins, are, are, do you know if, if, if it was actually the Canadians that invented the Hawaiian pizza? Uh, yeah, it was a Greek immigrant to Canada okay. created the Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with Hawaii at all? Nothing at all. No, no. I mean, I guess they have pineapple there, but like, I don't think that is really a thing they do. No, I guess they just I mean, named they, it. Yeah. So. Yeah, like dieting will dieting will make a lot of things that like I wouldn't even look at before. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Really amazing to me. You know I know, I mean? and then yeah. you start craving like stuff that you haven't eaten in years, like. You know, you're going on about like, oh, I'd have like a gummy bear right now. And you're just I like, opened up I opened up the fridge and I just and I ate like a half a package of imitation crab meat. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Michael, no, that is oh, there's so many carbs in there. <laughs> it's not something that would, excite, you know, that would excite me usually. Uh, I know right now, now. <laughs> but diets, man, they do they do. They wreak havoc on the brain. <laughs> oh, definitely. And just um, play like like that with no <laughs> nothing. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go eat something. So Kimberly, <laughs> um, why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can find you online? Sure. So um, uh, basically, well, I do have a website. So it's www. Kimberly. So L Y T Hennessy. Dot com. So Kimberly T. Um, and on there you'll find most of my, well, all of my social media. And I'm mostly active on Facebook and Instagram. And, but I'm, I'm part of like that old generation that just has a hard time navigating so many social media. So I do my best. I'm not, you know, yeah. on there. Pardon me. Sorry. Michael. Oh, I can't. 
Sorry, I just kind of cut off, but okay, so I'll just keep going. And then, um, and where I'm really active is with my newsletters. So if you want to ask me questions, of course, you know, you can go on Facebook or Instagram. That's all good. Um, but usually people connect with me on my newsletter. So you can just sign up for that. And I usually talk about, you know, the different movies that I've seen, which I've just seen Dune yesterday, I'm fresh off, and it's just... <gasps> It's amazing. Like the last time I was so overwhelmed when I saw such an epic movie was Lord of the Rings. So that's what everybody's saying. Uh, so, so good. So good. It's just the general honest. And it's because movies tend to be very fast nowadays. And I'm part of the crowd. Well, again, I guess that's part of the reason why I dubbed myself a slow writer is that I actually enjoy really slow movies and taking your time to witness the scenery, the the vastness, and you have it all. It's all in there. So if you enjoyed Lord of the Rings, um, although this is... Um, not so much fantasy as it is sci-fi, but I mean, it's in, you know, it's in the same family. Um, it's all doing fantasy just in space. Yeah. Well, that's it. Exactly. And it's political and, 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 and didn't even have did such a good job at, cause it's so complicated. It's such a complicated story. Yeah. Uh, and, and the last thing that I wanted, cause as much as I love David Lynch, his version was just, I didn't like it at all. Um, and especially because the main actor was like constantly talking to himself and it just made him look cuckoo crazy. So, um, and uh, didn't even have really found a way to explain the story to us without explaining it. It's just, it's so beautifully done. So I highly recommend anybody that, you know, enjoys sci-fi to go see it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Really? High on my list. I love it. Oh, yeah, them. definitely. And you need to see it at the movies. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah, you have to see it at the movies. Yeah. I, so I went in the, I don't know, it was it's like these V-Box where the seats like move and everything. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. no, but, and it also had to come with 3D and no. So I'm going to go back to the movies once it's in a regular theater. Mm with no glasses, no vibrating seats, and just just enjoy the picture as it is. But even with the, all the the other roller coaster stuff, it was still amazing. The whole time I'm going like, oh my God, I don't want this to end. It's like dessert for my eyes. It was so good. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. Well, looking forward to it. We'll have to go see it uh, yep. so that we can talk about it on the show because we always uh, yeah, do like try to, to chime in on... Uh, on movies um but uh so kimberly have you did you um did you get through all your social media she did yeah i sure did okay. uh so that's it that's what i was saying so on my newsletter that's what i talk about uh, different shows that i'm watching on netflix uh different movies and most of my uh, how do I, my readers uh basically you know that's where they connect with me and they're like oh yeah i totally agree i saw that movie it was so good and that's how we connect and books uh, books that i've read and things like that so yeah excellent well kimberly it's been uh, absolutely uh a pleasure and hilarious uh oh, good thank you so you much on. and uh despite your um your aforementioned uh exhaustion you uh you were great oh well thank yes. you so much well, thank, thank you, you for having me this is a lot of fun i really enjoyed our our book in a pint <laughs> us too yeah thank you have a great night
You too. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, and that was Kimberly Hennessy. Yeah, she was a great guest. Yeah, a really good time. And I'm, she sided with me. That's always a win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, the diet's making me want to side with you in a minute. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I know how rough those I'm can losing, be. I'm losing credibility really, really quickly here. If it helps, I did a diet a couple years ago where I did, uh, no carbs, no sugar, no dairy, and no starches. How are you still alive? Uh, it's the best I've ever felt in my life. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, that's after cool. two months of that, I felt amazing. And then someone was like, hey, let's go get sandwiches. And I was like, yeah, OK. And <laughs> I never looked back. <laughs> it's always the devil with the sandwiches that just I comes love in a good when, sandwich, you're, when you're yeah. least expecting just sort of slides in there. Um, yeah, I know it does. I agree. It makes you um, even 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 really been doing it for for three weeks. You already notice the difference and you feel lighter and you've got more. Yeah, but, and you but can, there's still you can, that stuff you miss. So I, I get that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, um, I don't have much to say. I believe we might be doing another show tomorrow night. Yeah, that was my understanding. So please let me know. Um, so I have. I I don't know. I gotta watch a movie or read a book or find some shit to talk about. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not that <laughs> interesting, man. Honestly. That's okay. Hopefully our guest is, if we have a guest lined yeah. up. No, we do. That's why we're okay. doing it. So uh, um, we're, we have Patrick LeClerc okay. um, on providing. He, um, his audio is okay. I'm going to talk to him about it. But he's oh, got right, a book, right. Yeah, yeah. He has a book launch um, at the beginning of next week. And, oh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, want to get him. And he really, really, he really wanted to be on this show. He's listened to, I think he's listened to a couple episodes. And uh, uh, this was, a, this, yeah, this was a big one for him. Okay. So, um, so I'll talk to him. We'll see what's going on. But yeah, uh, really good. but yeah. So uh, everybody listening, uh, hope you have a great night. And go read a book. <laughs> <laughs>